Welcome back to the C-SPAN in the Classroom podcast. As always, I'm Zach, and I'm joined by my colleagues Craig and Pam. May is Military Appreciation Month, and according to Military.com, quote, Not only do we pause on Memorial Day to remember the sacrifice and service of those who gave all, but the month also holds several other military anniversaries and events, including Military Spouse Appreciation Day and Armed Forces Day. But returning to Memorial Day specifically, let's learn a bit about the history of the Solemn Day of Remembrance. Here's historian Douglas Brinkley. Well, you know, there's a lot of debate about it, but uh, I go with David Blight, a professor at Yale University, just because he's a friend and I admire him so greatly. And he he's talks about that. It really comes out of Charleston, South Carolina, uh, with, and combined in many ways with um, the African-American freedom uh, from slavery, but it became a ceremony of honoring the, the war dead out of Charleston. Now, President Lyndon Johnson in 1966 officially declared Waterloo, New York, the birthplace of Memorial Day, and I think that's right also. That's the birthplace of what we consider the modern Memorial Day celebration, the way we do it now on the last Monday of May. And there's So, from the post-Civil War era in South Carolina to 1966 in Waterloo, New York, to the present day, Memorial Day has evolved into its modern form over the last 150 years. But what do people do as they recognize the day? Let's return to Mr. Brinkley. Uh, my mother's brother, she, he was, uh, was killed in Guam in World War II, and I grew up, my mom, uh, Memorial Day was a big deal for her to, uh, you know, talk to us about uh, what her brother was like. Um, and, and, you know, I think a lot of families use this as a sort of bonding moment all across the country, people will be going to cemeteries or uh, having a picnic in, in, or going to a reflection pool or a forest and um, try to um, think about somebody that they lost and admire them for, for caring enough about the country that they put their life on the line for it. Memorial Day is about remembering those who, as Mr. Brinkley said, put their lives on the line for the country. And one can't help but to think of our national cemeteries when reflecting on those who died in military service to the United States. One such cemetery, sitting just across the Potomac River from Washington, D.C., often stands out when one thinks about our nation's tradition of honoring those who gave all. Of course, I'm talking about Arlington National Cemetery. For a final time, here's Mr. Brinkley. Well, I mean, I think it's evolved to the point now where it's a must day for a president to do a wreath ceremony. Arlington National Cemetery has kind of uh, had become our, our, our sort of a na- the, the national cemetery. If you look at the roster of great military generals, presidents that are buried there, people with military service, um, you get a map there and you go around and it's just each, each grave there is an amazing story. There's so many Medal of Honor um, winners and all there. So if you're a president and you happen to be in D.C., you would go to Arlington Cemetery and a lot of tourists go there. But we have military cemeteries all over America. But the tradition, I think it's ancient really, of putting flowers on people's graves or wreaths. In America, often we like an American flag. You know, it's becoming now Memorial Day kind of moves into D-Day's anniversary every year. So you have this kind of week where there's an intense reflection on the sacrifice of war. Veterans Day, which was in, the, in November, um, is for armistice of World War I, and that's more about uh, celebrating, really, and honoring all of our veterans, but Memorial Day is more about the, the war dead. 
As we near this period of, quote, intense reflection about the sacrifices of the war dead, we'll spend this episode learning more about the history and purpose of Arlington National Cemetery, the site's evolution over time, and what Arlington offers teachers, students, and lifelong learners. On the other side of the break, we'll be joined by Arlington National Cemetery's command historian, Dr. Steve Carney. We'll be right back. On this Memorial Day, as we remember and honor those who have served in the U.S. military and died, we're joined today by command historian Dr. Steve Carney from the Arlington National Cemetery to talk about the significance of this day, what visitors to the historic location can experience, and the educational resources that are available for students, teachers, and lifelong learners. Thanks for joining us today, Steve. Thank you. It's an honor. So to begin, can you tell us about your role as command historian at Arlington National Cemetery? So at its most basic level, I supervise the history and museum specialists who work at Arlington National Cemetery and really ensure that we honor those interred at ANC in perpetuity. But because we are administered by the U.S. Army, we follow all the regulations of a command history office. Um, so as a result, it's my responsibility to ensure that we adhere to all of those regulations. And that the bottom line is we capture the institutional knowledge, uh, the, you know, the institutional history of Arlington for future generations. But we are somewhat unique in that the, uh, in the Army, I should say, because we do have three to four million annual visitors each year coming to Arlington. And we're also responsible for the education and interpretation programs that we offer at the cemetery. So it, it is a bit of a unique role, you know, across the Army. Considering the education perspective you mentioned, Steve, can you explain the origin and purpose of Arlington National Cemetery? Sure. So I think we need to, to step back a little bit prior to the Civil War. And the property that Arlington National Cemetery is, is now on was part of George Washington Park Custis's plantation, right? So the property was owned by the Custis and Lee families um, because George Washington Park Custis's daughter married uh, Lieutenant Robert E. Lee. Um, so, you know, the, the property became owned by the, the Custis Lee family um, prior to the start of the Civil War. But the U.S. Army ended up seizing the, the, the property and the high ground that it sits on on the morning of May 24th of 1861, just a few hours after Virginia announced that it was seceding from the Union. And uh, as a result, the, the Army has been the caretakers of, you know, that property since, since 1861. Originally, so for the first couple years of the Civil War, there were a number of fortifications that were built on the property to uh, protect it and ultimately the high ground that the Arlington House is currently built on. The the property became really the keystone of all of the defenses of Washington, D.C. So, you know, by 1864, it was said you could uh, circle all of Washington, D.C. without ever having your head above ground level because of all the trenches that were dug that connected all of the, the different fortifications together, uh, except when you were crossing the rivers, of course. So that was the, the first purpose of, of the property after the Army seized it. The second one is a Freedman's Village was constructed on you know, what today is actually the cemetery in 1863. 
Um, so there were a lot of freedmen who uh, lived there really until just about the turn of the 20th century. So that's a, a bit of a unique history as well. Uh, but for the cemetery portion of our mission, that began on May 13th of 1864 when a military cemetery was established at, at Arlington. And then about a month later, on June 15th of 1864, we became one of a large number of national cemeteries that were all created during the Civil War. And that system of national cemeteries was created to ensure proper burial for all the Civil War fallen. So beginning you know, from, from May 13th, of uh, 1864 forward, the, the primary mission at Arlington uh, truly became that as a cemetery. And it's it's the still number one mission that we have, you know, 160 years later. Well, and thank you for bringing up that, that robust history of, of the site itself, the, the physical space. And, um, you know, I'm a relatively uh, new uh, movie here to the, the DMV or the D.C. area. And you know, struck by what you had said that there's so many different cemeteries with so much history, um, and there's two in the National Cemetery Administration that I know of anyway here in the DC in DC proper anyway, or just across the river, including Arlington and the Soldiers Home Cemetery. So that leads me to this question, a two-part question. Uh, first, what makes Arlington different from the other military cemeteries, um, particularly with today's evolution? And as we were preparing for this episode, you had mentioned that uh, President John F. Kennedy's funeral had a significant impact on Arlington. So I was wondering if you could speak to that as well. Absolutely. So Arlington, you know, that the one of the key takeaways for me is coming out of the Civil War, there was nothing unique about Arlington you know, aside that aside from the fact that it was easily accessible, say, from Washington, D.C., right? Um, there was no honor initially being buried in any national cemetery. They truly were paupers' fields. If you were buried in one of these national cemeteries during the Civil War, it really meant that your family could not afford the cost of, of having you embalmed or having their loved one embalmed, purchasing a shipping casket, and then shipping them back home for burial, right? So that would have been true at Arlington National Cemetery as well as, as any other military cemetery, really, you know, across the entire nation. Where Arlington began to diverge, at least initially, was with the creation of Decoration Day. So three years after the war, on May 30th of 1868, the Grand Army of the Republic, which was a veteran service organization made up of, of all U.S. Uh, veterans of the Army, Navy, Marines, Revenue Cutter Service, or today the, the Coast Guard, they declared that May 30th was going to be a decoration day, uh, a solemn day of commemoration and remembrance where civilians would come out and decorate the graves of the Civil War fallen with flowers. And that you know, national event, what they declared as a national event, it was uh, officially held, the start of it was at Arlington National Cemetery. And of course, anybody that, that knows about Memorial Day, I knows that Memorial Day grew directly out of that early Decoration Day beginnings. 
and that the official start of our nation's day of, of remembrance is always held at Arlington National Cemetery. And of course, today, if the president or other senior government official comes to Arlington, they lay a wreath at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, and then they go into our Memorial Amphitheater and deliver their Memorial Day address to the nation. So very early on, because that official commemoration was held at Arlington National Cemetery by, you know, really the the 1870s, people uh, started to look at Arlington as different or unique from the other national cemeteries. It was a place that uh, there was an honor associated with being buried there because you would have 25,000 plus civilians coming every May 30th to decorate all of those graves. So the idea that Arlington was the premier national military cemetery or another you know, tagline that we'll hear frequently is it's Arlington is our nation's most sacred shrine grew out of those early decoration and Memorial Day ceremonies that were held at Arlington National Cemetery. Now, of course, over time, the the Memorial Day, Decoration Day spread all across the nation to all of the national cemeteries. And there was a a widespread transition then for all of those national cemeteries as, as no longer being paupers fields, but rather a place of honor to be interred. For President Kennedy's funeral, 1963, November of 1963, President Kennedy's televised national, really international funeral was the first time that I think the majority of the population really came to understand what a full honors service at Arlington National Cemetery looked like with a full band, escort platoons, the use of a horse-drawn caisson, and all of the other elements of those funerals. So after that that was televised and people came to understand that, there was a massive increase in demand to be buried at Arlington, right? And you couple that increase of in demand with the fact that we have a much larger population of veterans who are eligible for burial at Arlington National Cemetery, you know, largely due to just how large our our military was during World War II. So those two events really combined and forever has ensured that the demand or interest to be buried at Arlington exceeds the capacity. It exceeds the the physical limitations of the cemetery. So for me, the two big turning points in, in Arlington's history was in 1868 with the, the start of Decoration Day and in 1963 with President Kennedy's funeral. Yeah, it's fascinating and obviously lots of history here. So to that point, over the past several years, you've developed an education program and that mirrors the three tenets of Arlington National Cemetery, which are to honor, remember and explore. So can you share an overview of those resources that you have available and how teachers and students can access those? Absolutely. Arlington National Cemetery is a microcosm of American history, right? All Americans 
stories, all of Americans' history, regardless of race, religion, ethnicity, or any other perceived differences, are truly told at Arlington National Cemetery. So our materials that we've been creating in our education program really are focused at bringing that diverse history to life for teachers, students, and also visitors. So the Arlington National Cemetery Education Program works to educate and engage the public through a diverse set of learning experiences. And we use Honor, Remember, Explore in in a slightly different way maybe than than the cemetery uh, as a whole uses it. But we try to ensure that we honor the sacrifice of American service members and their family by highlighting individuals uh, interred at the cemetery and encouraging anyone who's using our materials to uh, you know, honor their service and, and their sacrifice. Uh, we support the remember mission or, or remembrance of the past and present military conflicts and the circumstances surrounding them by providing a lot of background and details about you know, again, specific conflicts or events that have happened in in our nation's military past and ensuring that, you know, all of the users of our educational materials can remember and, and understand um, those those events. And finally, you know, the Explore mission, we really invite personal exploration of the connections of America's diverse history um, that's represented at Arlington. So uh, all of our materials have reflective thoughts at, at many of you know either the, the grave sites that we encourage um, teachers, educators, visitors to um, go in person to or to explore virtually through some of our materials uh, and, and really explore what, what the meanings of those stories and those sacrifices are for our nation. Um, There's something in our educational materials for everyone, no matter what age or, as I mentioned earlier, whether you're visiting the cemetery in person or doing something, you know, virtually from a classroom or or somewhere else across the country. And those include things like walking tours, lesson plans, and lifelong learner materials so that if you're really interested in a topic, you can do um, a deep dive into into that history. And, you know, just some examples off the top of my head, we have materials related to African-American history at Arlington, explores that, uh, you know, explore the earth, the air, and space, and a really unique one as well about horticulture. So um, all of those materials are available for download on our website, and we, we actually have a, a unique education website. So it's education.arlingtoncemetery.mil, M-I-L, or you can just visit our arlingtoncemetery.mil webpage and uh, find a link to our education materials. Um, all of those are completely free. You can print them off at home or access them from your computer or phone. Um, but there are definitely some materials like children activity sheets that, you know, are are meant to engage uh, children whose families are visiting the cemetery to give them something to to do and really appreciate as they're they're traveling around the cemetery. 
uh, those are definitely designed to be printed at home and, and brought before your visit. You offer rich resources on your website for teachers and students and lifelong learners, as you indicated. But can you talk about what we can typically find in your lessons and share one that educators can use with their students in honor of Memorial Day? Yeah, absolutely. So to start with Memorial Day uh, specifically first. So our Memorial Day lesson plan, it's it's a shorter um, lesson. And it's a PowerPoint guided lesson that explains the origins and purpose of Memorial Day. So we think it's a great way to introduce the cemetery and Memorial Day to students. Um, I also will note that we also have a corresponding Veterans Day lesson as well. Um, So, you know, in those two lessons, we one can appreciate the the somber nation, or I'm sorry, the somber. Um, day of Memorial Day, where we're really commemorating those who fell in 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 combat, uh, versus Veterans Day, which is a celebration of all of our veterans. So those are uh, those two lessons. They include all of the teacher and student materials, which includes a PowerPoint notes for the teachers for each of those PowerPoints. Um, a number of activities with worksheets for, for students to utilize. And it's all based on, on primary sources, right? So we really emphasize the, the use of primary sources in, in all of our materials. But the, the bottom line in, in the Memorial Day, as, as well as other lesson plans, you know, we really do try to use the stories of people buried at Arlington to teach concepts. And I'd like to emphasize that because for us, right, at Arlington, we, we do ensure that we tie, you know, all these different lessons in with, with people or monuments and memorials at Arlington. But certainly for teachers who are not going to be visiting Arlington or who are geographically far away from us, you know, any of these lessons could be applied to any of the other veteran, you know, national cemeteries, state cemeteries, or even local cemeteries as well. But to give you a sense of what you can find in a more typical lesson plan uh, or, or materials in the Arlington Education Program, we currently have over 30 lesson plans, and they're for use by elementary, middle, high school teachers, um, as well as materials for students to use, as well as homeschool families, again, a- anywhere they are. All of those lessons are aligned with national standards and support you know, social studies, literacy, critical thinking, and where applicable STEM skills as well. And you know, while we have those 30 lesson plans available right now, we are always developing new materials all the time. In each of those lesson plans, you'll find teacher notes um, that includes background context and history, the curriculum standards, uh, again, student worksheets, primary sources for the teachers to use, um, and that includes we, we really try to pull relevant quotes and images, whether that's photographs or drawings, paintings, cartoons, and anything else that the teacher may need for that lesson. Um, And, you know, certainly if you, as you mentioned, take a look at the topics, you know, choose one that interests you, 
You definitely don't need to be an expert in American history or Arlington National Cemetery or the military to teach any of those lessons. We've really tried to do all that heavy lifting for you know our, our teachers and or families that are, are using these. And we, we really just want you to get in there and um, take a look and, and see what, what works for you and obviously provide us feedback uh, if you have any. That's great. And I have to underscore um, something that you had said as we were preparing for this interview, too, that just the, the high quality of these resources for our audience, they're, they're fantastic. And you had mentioned, Dr. Carney, that they are fully vetted, um, that everything has researched and researched and researched. And I know that our audience definitely appreciates that as they're considering putting these resources into their classroom. Um, but I, I do have to, to touch upon what you had mentioned just the somberness of the location, right? As as people honor um, the, the the war dead, and they remember their contributions, and as they explore the space, that there's not really many many other places in D.C. that whether you get off the the metro stop right there at Arlington, or you're walking or driving across uh, Memorial Bridge, that you're just struck by the location and the, just the the span uh, the the scope of the location and uh, the beauty of the location, so on and so forth. So. Um, you know, for those who are able to come in person or those who need to visit virtually, uh, what recommendations can you offer? And uh, can you touch upon those walking guides uh, that you also have hosted in your resources? Yeah. So as you pointed out, the cemetery is really big, it has 639 acres, and it, it, as of today, and it is really difficult to you know, somehow narrow your your focus to, to really what do you want to see in the, in the time that you have. Um, so one thing is bring water, right? No matter <laughs> what time of year you're visiting, you definitely want to bring water with you to the cemetery. But what I recommend is uh, because the education, our education website, you know, really does have a section that just focuses on walking tours. Um, I, I always tell people if you're planning on, on visiting in Pasadena, you know, take a look at, at that page and really see some of the things that interest you. So, again, you could do something that's very deep dive, like our horticulture module or, um, you know, one of our walking tours that are focused on civil rights and, and segregation, um, you know, civil rights leaders buried at the cemetery. But the walking tours give you a sense of, of maybe how you can focus your, your visit a little bit more to a specific theme or time period that you're interested in. Uh, and then we have maps at, at the beginning of each one of those walking tours that outline the walking route and, and give distances, right? which is, again, really important because of, of just the, the sheer size and, and distances that are involved getting around the cemetery. So as a result, we really try to make sure those walking tours can be done in part, you know, just the areas that you're planning on visiting around the cemetery. Um, you can do it in full. And certainly the cemetery has a concessionaire that provides uh, tram tours. So a lot of our stops are very close to the standard stops of our tram service. So that can also help mitigate some of the distances. But again, just reading through the walking tours give you a good 
feel for the history of the cemetery and and the events and some of the individuals that are highlighted. Um, so that that's kind of the walking tour piece. Uh, our lifelong learners documents, um, again, as I mentioned earlier, you know, provide much more of a deep dive, but they really supplement the walking tours and provide additional background information, photographs, quotes from people buried at Arlington that can really enhance whatever walking tour you choose to do. Uh, and then for teachers, some of the walking tours have related lessons that can be taught either before or after a visit to the cemetery, whether in person or, or virtually. And those lessons give, again, additional information or insight into the cemetery or the people that are honored in those walking tours that that really um, help contribute. And I think I, I had mentioned before, but if you are visiting with children, we also have activity sheets that can be found under the understanding Arlington section of the education page that again will help engage you know the children uh, or younger kids while you might be taking part in one of those walking tours or following one of those walking tours. Uh, and then the, the last thing I would just say because it's we're all very proud, Arlington National Cemetery is a level three arboretum. And no matter what time of year you visit, there are all kinds of seasonal guides um, to the uh, trees and, and flora and fauna that you're going to see, as well as guides to like common birds that you'll see and, and different natural elements that are all found under our horticulture program or uh, materials. I'm sorry. So that also provides a very unique way to plan and visit the cemetery. Excellent. Yeah, we're definitely going to link to your education site as well as uh, some of these resources that we've talked about today. But as we start to wrap things up, is there one specific takeaway or a takeaway that you wish that all visitors uh, have after they experience visiting National Arlington National Cemetery? Yes. I always will say if you don't remember anything else about your visit except one thing, um, it's that we truly tell the history of our nation on the 639 acres that's Arlington National Cemetery. Today, we have veterans from every one of America's major conflicts, from the American Revolution to today, buried on, on our grounds. So we, you know, the history of Arlington is the history of our nation. So that's the, the one key takeaway that I, I hope everyone has uh, when they visit Arlington or, or take a look at our education materials. Steve, we've uh, really enjoyed speaking with you today and we thank you for your time. Thank you all so much. It was a pleasure. As we learn through our interview with Dr. Carney, there is so much to see when you visit Arlington National Cemetery. There truly is something for everyone's interest. And I can't wait to visit and explore the places that I haven't seen. But we would be remiss if we did not touch upon one of the iconic locations that visitors from all over the world go to see and pay respects to, and that is John F. Kennedy's gravesite. And I remember my first trip there when I was in grade school. I went with my family, and I distinctly recall us standing there and my father explaining to us who he was and what President Kennedy did for our country. And that moment has stayed with me. I was intrigued by Dr. Carney's point on the impact of laying JFK to rest at Arlington National Cemetery, so I did a little reading on their website to learn more. 
heads of state from countries including France and the United Kingdom, as well as Germany and Ethiopia, attended his funeral. And according to their site, quote, 50 Navy and Air Force jets flew overhead, followed by Air Force One, which dipped its wing in a final tribute. Millions of people watched live coverage of the funeral on television, leading to an unprecedented increase in demand for burials at Arlington National Cemetery. It goes on to say that up to 3,000 people every hour visited his gravesite the first year after his death. Approximately 50,000 people visited on the weekends, and three years later, more than 16 million people had gone there. C-SPAN covered a ceremony that marked the restoration of the eternal flame that is located at JFK's gravesite to its original site after repairs were completed. Let's listen to a portion from that program that featured Major Justin Schaefer, Arlington National Cemetery Chief of Contract Support Element, talking about the origin of the eternal flame and its symbolism. Following the tragic assassination of President Kennedy on November 22, 1963, the First Lady, Mrs. Jacqueline Kennedy, chose Arlington National Cemetery as her husband's final resting place. She also requested that an eternal flame be placed at the President's gravesite. She was inspired by the eternal flame at the French Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. With the funeral set for November 25th, the United States Army Corps of Engineers quickly modified a propane fuel torch and installed fuel tanks to supply the flame. Mrs. Kennedy lit the first flame after her husband's burial service just a few feet from here at the President's original gravesite. Over the course of the next three and a half years, a permanent gravesite, including an improved burner for the eternal flame, was designed and constructed on this very spot. The flame was transferred from its original torch to its current location before President Kennedy was moved to his final resting place in March 1967. It remained until earlier this year when the Corps of Engineers began construction and installation of an improved burner. Again, Arlington transferred the flame to a temporary burner until the completion of the work. Today, we transfer the flame from its temporary location to the new improved burner at its permanent location, ensuring the iconic symbol of President Kennedy's legacy continues to burn for future generations. Exploring Arlington Cemetery a bit further, in early 2021, Discovery Education, in coordination with First Lady Jill Biden, took students on a virtual field trip of Washington, D.C., visiting the White House, Supreme Court, U.S. Capitol, MLK Memorial, and Smithsonian Museums. During this engaging experience, the tour also went across the Potomac River to Arlington. Let's listen in. We're going across the Potomac River and into Virginia to visit the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. The tomb is in Arlington National Cemetery, the place where we honor people who have served in the U.S. military. Founded in 1864 during the Civil War, this cemetery holds the graves of service members who have served in every U.S. war since the American Revolution. About 400,000 people are buried here. That may sound like a lot, but Arlington actually has some of the strictest burial requirements of any U.S. National Cemetery. Only certain members of the military are allowed to be buried here. Funerals at this cemetery are unique, and some can involve a horse-drawn cart, a three-rifle wally, the folding and presentation of the U.S. flag, and 
the playing of taps, a somber 24-note bugle call. Memorial Day weekend is an emotional time here. American flags are placed at more than 230,000 grave sites. Countless other people also visit to remember loved ones and pay respect. In thinking of our conversation with Dr. Carney, I think this short clip would be a great primer for students who are preparing to visit the cemetery, either in person or virtually. I know my middle school kiddos always loved a good old KWL, or No Wonder Learn chart. Your students, too, could record what they know about Arlington National Cemetery, then watch the clip, recording what they wonder about while watching, and finish by writing down what they learned from the video clip. From there, they could also access the pre-visit resources that Dr. Carney mentioned that the cemetery offers. As we round out this episode, we wanted to focus on Arling National Cemetery's most iconic memorial, as it's noted on their website, and that's the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. To provide some background, New York Congressman Hamilton Fish Jr., who was a World War I veteran himself, quote, proposed legislation that provided for the interment of one unknown American soldier at a special tomb to be built in Arlington National Cemetery. The objective was to bring home the body of an unknown American warrior who in himself represents no section, creed, or race in the late war, and who typifies, moreover, the soul of America and the supreme sacrifice of her heroic dead, end quote. An American soldier who had been buried in a military cemetery in France was selected among others to be brought to the United States and interred at Arlington National Cemetery. On November 11, 1921, this soldier was carried through Washington, D.C. on a horse-drawn caisson to the site where a state funeral ceremony was held at the new Memorial Amphitheater. And according to the website, Americans observed two minutes of silence at the beginning of the ceremony. President Warren G. Harding uh, officiated at the ceremony, and he placed the Medal of Honor, the nation's highest military decoration, on the casket. November 2021 marked the centennial of this site and how it has, quote, stood at the heart of the cemetery, serving as a site for reflection on service, valor, and sacrifice, end quote. Let's listen to what students have to say about this site. They also visit the tomb of the unknown soldier, which holds the graves of three unidentified service members, one each from World War I, World War II, and the Korean War. The tomb represents the sacrifices of our military heroes. Soldiers guard the tomb 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. In snow, rain, or deep into the night, a soldier marches back and forth in a precise way. When guards change shifts, there's even a white glove inspection of every part of the soldier's rifle. The program continues and addresses the question of the role science could potentially play in identifying who is buried in the tomb. Here we have senior historian at Arlington National Cemetery, Dr. Allison Finkelstein, explaining. Science can help us solve a lot of questions, such as some of the unknown soldiers from later wars. As an example, the Vietnam War. However, when we think about unknown soldiers from earlier wars, like World War I, which was a really long time ago, it's much more difficult to find the specific kinds of DNA matches to enable those identifications to occur. And I think it's also really important to remember that the intention of the tomb was to enable these unknown service members to rest in peace forever in a spot where they would be honored without the possibility of ever being identified. As we learn throughout this episode, there is a lot of rich symbolism that can be found throughout Arlington National Cemetery. And for our final clip, we'll hear from Relief Command Staff Sergeant Evan McIntosh, as he discussed the significance of the changing of the guard ceremony at the tomb. 
The changing of the guard is a ceremony which is supposed to symbolize an army funeral. And the reason that we continuously do this ceremony is so that we can pay respects to the unknowns at all hours and at all minutes of every day. And during the guard change, everything that I do, I do for those who gave their life, for those who came before me, and for those veterans who fought so that you and I could be free today. As a timely closing quote, President Calvin Coolidge once said, no person was ever honored for what he received. Honor has been the reward for what he gave. We'd like to thank Dr. Steve Carney and the entire team at Arlington National Cemetery for their time and thoughtful contributions for this episode. Whether you're local to the D.C. area and can visit Arlington for Memorial Day, or if you're a bit further away and will use the site's virtual resources to honor, remember, and explore, we hope that this episode will prove useful for you and your students. As always, you'll find all the resources that we've highlighted in this episode and more on our featured resources page at cspan.org classroom. And if you'd ever like to connect with our team to learn more about what we have to offer to teachers and students, please email us anytime at educate at cspan.org. And that's it for this week. Please remember to like and follow our podcast wherever you listen so you don't miss our next episode. Until then, thank you for joining us.